gonna purchase? That's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. and welcome to episode 329 of the all you can hear podcast i am one of your fiery co-hosts wenzel and joining me today is immortal colt i just keep keep growing back limbs oh yeah um damn that sucks um because if you if you haven't read the title or if you don't know we're going to be talking about the series fire punch um yippee this is the first time we're actually <laughs> reviewing a manga because this is something that well, me and wenzel both are passionate about manga in general and books but here it's manga time yeah yeah we've been wanting to we've been wanting to do a manga for um a while um and we thought what better series what other perfect series could we not review than Fire Punch? And uh, for those who know that name, you might understand um, maybe some of the humor here. Or for those who don't know that name, then you're about to understand why this is um, this is a very uh, wholesome, jolly, very um, holiday themed manga and episode for you. Um, yeah, wholesome chungus, and we totally didn't pick this manga to read because it's short, and that it's got snow in it. It's got snow in it, and we thought since you know, uh, since it's going to be winter time and it's Christmas season, that you know it fit perfectly. Um, you know, uh, with everything that we're about to talk about. But yeah, we we came up with this. Um, I want to say probably in the middle of the year, whenever oh, we yeah, yeah. episodes to come up for, and then. Um, this just kind of came out. We were like, why don't we do a fire punch series review, uh, in December? And we were like, yeah, let's do that because it's only, it's, it's short and we had the time and here we are. So we're doing it. Um, and we love the mangaka. It's fucking Tatsuki Fujimoto. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to the details about that shortly, but a quick thing to announce. So we are actually going to have a giveaway. Um, this is also something we've been planning for a little bit, and it's kind of changed its shape a little bit. But we're finally we're finally going to do it. But this is limited to U.S. residents only. Um, it's just that uh, doing international, it, it, the shipping that would require to do this would be kind of a lot on us. So we're just we're just limiting it to U.S. residents um, in in the um, in the continental United States, of course. Uh, obviously, if, you know Alaska and Hawaii also counts as well. Um, but anyway, uh, between now, when this episode comes out, December 11th and December 30th, the cutoff time being 11.59 Central Standard Time, 11.59 p.m., uh, we are going to give away the entirety of the physical Fire Punch manga, all eight physical volumes. These were English. The English. These are used, but they are donated by uh, AYCH member Pat. Thank you, Pat. Um and uh and, and they're in good they're in good condition, so they're not like all torn up or anything. Just gotta mention that they are previously owned. 
Um, so what you have to do to be a part of this giveaway is on Instagram, we're going to have a post uh, like we usually do where it's uh, it's just us announcing the episodes released and everything. We always post these on um, usually on the day the episode releases. If uh, we don't post it, we'll um, we'll obviously let you know. But this will come out the day the episode releases and um, you just have to fi- follow, like and comment on the post saying what your favorite manga or anime is and why and then um on january 1st 5 p.m central standard we will choose a random person and we'll announce that winner yeah so we said you know it's a new year uh let's see who can get lucky and win fire punch yeah but now that that's out of the way and then we'll mention this again at the very um end of the episode as well but anyway now to um the the background info so yes fire punch is written by uh tatsuki fujimoto uh, and the art is done by him um which is what mangaka means if nobody knows mangaka means they write the story and do the art and uh if you and if you don't know who fujimoto is he's he's most famous for his currently running series chainsaw man yes yes and this, the funny thing is fire punch is actually my uh first series by him because the when I read it, there was only two volumes of Chainsaw Man out in English, and I uh, got all of Fire Punch uh, in the mail, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just start here." And then once I'm done with this, I'll start reading Chainsaw Man. So I read all of Fire Punch before I read Chainsaw Man, and I'm kinda uh, surprised that I still read Chainsaw Man. That might be giving a little bit too much away, but some stuff happens. Wow, that that's an insane thing to do. I read Chainsaw Man first, um, and that was because of Pat. Pat, whenever Chainsaw Man had its first like few chapters out or or so, um, Pat was talking about it pretty highly. He he really was enjoying it at the time. We were. In he still IHOP. hasn't finished it. It fucker stuff. Well, it's not it's not finished, but he hasn't caught up. Yeah. Um, but we were actually in high hop when we talked about this too. Um, I remember it. But anyway, yeah, he he told me about it, and I read it. Um, this is like probably a year or two after he had told us this, and this was when I read it too. I I binged it like pretty hard, and there was probably only I want to say like at the time there was only four or five chapters left of the first um of that first arc or the first um part of the series so i was um yeah that was my first introduction to fujimoto and i remember being so destroyed afterwards and um he should be like he's only done two long series but fujimoto is the king of uh bingeable manga in my opinion because it's so easy to read like 50 chapters of his and it feels like you just read for like two minutes tops so it flies by yeah you know you're you're actually not one of you're actually that's that's a shared opinion among all almost all of his readers is that when it comes to his work it's a roller coaster that moves really fast and it's meant to it's kind of meant to be read in like a binge setting or in like not one sitting necessarily but like fairly quickly because that's just how his work moves and that's not a bad thing it's actually very good um and yeah, um, but to go into kind of info about Fujimoto, um, 
like Colt said, two of his uh, major works and both serializations are Fire Punch and Chainsaw Man. Fujimoto was born on, on October 10th, 1992 or 1993, as it states in his wiki page um, in uh, Nikaho Ikeda Prefecture, Japan. He started drawing at an early age. He had no preparatory schools available near his home, so he went to painting classes in which his grandparents attended and practiced oil painting. He graduated in Western painting from Tohoku University of Art and Design in Yamagata, Yamagata Prefecture in 2014. Fujimoto has published many one-shots, with a lot of them having recently been released physically in English in North America, but his first major work in serialization is Fire Punch. Um, now, that um, his background in painting makes so much sense because if anybody who is um, who's familiar with his work, so much of his work emulates or references classical like Western paintings. It's yeah. really it's really cool. Also, um, he uh, in the manga themselves, like the physical release of the manga, you don't get this when you read it online. Uh, at the beginning of every volume, he lies to you. Or was it at the end of every volume? Because yeah. he will state a random lie, and he'd be like, yep, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, he um, says something like, I have family in America, or, like, I'm a lawyer, I go to law school. Um, Just, Hold on. Let, let me let me grab one of the volumes, and I'll, I'll tell you one of his lies. Because <laughs> he's, a, he's a goofy little cat. He, he just loves to lie. Not just lie. He is a freak. I will not lie. He pretends to be a kid on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he tried to float. Uh, so he's insane. Um, okay. So here's the one from the first volume. Um, probably probably his most recognizable one because you just mentioned it. Um, I practice law in New York, Washington, and other such places. I promise to prove the defendant innocent. <laughs> he does not. That He's just doing a bit. And also, too, his image for himself on his, in his um, manga is of him, I assume him as a kid. Yeah, there's a bunch of different uh, kid photos of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and keep in mind, too, we should mention Fujimoto is a weird fucking dude. Oh, um, yeah. Um, there was... Um, this is something I, I completely did not get a chance to go into. Um into kind of looking into him but like if you ever get the chance there was a twitter controversy with him um do you do you particularly remember this cult uh i mean i know he pretends to be uh his sister but that's it. he doesn't that's have it. a sister it's just him pretending to be a little kid that's it well to to kind of like give you kind of an idea like that that whole situation is very that landed him in a really weird it's very strange what he was doing with that um just just wanted to state that um and there's that also kinda... footage of him trying to fly uh it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah that's not a bit if you look no, at Fujimoto no. trying to levitate that that's a video no that's uh no i know it's just um that completely just changed the tone of what I was saying. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, also, just a heads up, uh, there is a spoiler, 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 spoilers. We are going to be talking about this series in its entirety and discussing it um, and content warning as well. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now this is uh, this is stated to be shown in, but it's more of the older teenagers. But even so, there is a lot of very uh 
um, very tough content in this Let's, series. Uh, for this series specifically, Fujimoto was trying to do every offensive thing he could. So just think of the worst thing you can think of. It's in it. Uh, and, that is not a bit. You, If you don't like to hear about this stuff, I wouldn't listen to this or read about it. Uh, because let me tell you, it, it starts off very strong in a bad way. Well, I, I will go ahead and say the content warning just so that if you don't want to go any further, uh, you can stop it right now and you don't have to listen. But the content, then this is... This extends for a lot of the volumes, not towards the lighter half, but this is pretty much it. Like, I mean, you have you have obviously gore, bodily harm, suicide, um, mental illness, uh, PTSD, trauma, uh, rape, uh, pedophilia, bestiality, um, uh, sexual Jesus assault. Christ. Yeah, it, it's it's all in here. And um <laughs> And the and the thing is too is that like like this is also like while all this stuff is in here, it's it all is also um I don't wanna say there's necessarily like uh you know, obviously it's art and with what it's trying to it, it doesn't obviously mean it's 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 fucking weird. Um, oh yeah, incest. <laughs> I forgot oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, it, it's obviously gruesome and it's obviously very hard. So that doesn't necessarily, you know, make it okay. But um, there is it kind of does tie into certain themes that we'll get into. Um, at like in as we discuss it because it it does kind of um, it it does deal with these things in a way that kind that connects to kind of the philosophy here that Fujimoto is trying to um oh from what I interpret and from what others um what he's trying to bring with this work but um anyway uh now we got that out of the way um I, I would just like to use this quote here that is also I would say the cornerstone of this entire series being that uh Death is the one thing you must never allow in. You may bear all manner of pain and suffering, but always resist death. That's from the first volume. Yup. Um, and going back and reading that, I was like, I was like, wow, like that's that really kind of sets everything up. But um, there's a total number of eight, as I mentioned previously, and there's a total number of 83 chapters. So it's not it's not a super long read either. Like, I mean, you could literally read this all in one sitting. That's not a, that's not an exaggeration. I basically can... did it when I reread it for this episode. Yeah. Like, like I was able to read four volumes in my sitting just because of, because of time and stuff. But if I, if I had the time in a day, yeah, I could read it. Um, and obviously if you can, if you can stomach everything that happens, then yeah. But, um, okay, so we're going to go into the first volume. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a summary of each volume, and we're going to discuss the characters uh, that we get debuted and anything that we want to bring up about each volume. So here's the first volume. Um, and I also should I should go ahead and be honest, too. Some of these, all these, sorry, summaries, the first part of them are ripped off straight of the back um, because originally when I was working on this, uh, the data got corrupted, so it didn't save my original work. So I got really... Uh, I just I said fuck it. I'm just gonna put the already pre-written 
uh, summaries on here with um, okay. added details that I added after after these. But anyway, so it starts off with the orphan siblings, Agni and Luna, uh, like the Ice Witch who cursed the world, are two of the blessed humans who hold special abilities. Uh, the Ice Witch was somebody who uh, who is reportedly had the ability the blessing of ice and so they plunged the earth into an ice age um so that's the bear this is a barren uh, ice covered world that our uh, fire punch takes place in uh, however not all who are blessed are friendly and after a blessed named doma attacks agni and decimates the orphan's village agni fights to survive vowing revenge uh, doma has flames that never extinguish until they've consumed their fuel um, so what he does is Doma and all these other soldiers come to this village. Uh, in this village, Agni and Luna, like, um, have regenerative abilities. And part of their being in this village is that Agni will have his arm cut off so that basically they can feed the people in the village. Basically, um, that was also another content warning. Fuck cannibalism. <laughs> I said every single thing, everything you can think of. <laughs> I completely forgot about that cannibalism. Um, so yeah, they, they basically, uh, they, they do this, um, of their own. F- Sorry. I say free will. Um, they do this of their own will. Of course, they're not being forced to, they're not being forced. They because, want to help people. Yeah. These people, these people don't necessarily, um, celebrate or, um, relish the fact that they have the they have to resort to this they always pay these children thanks and are very respectful and always try to take care of them this is just something they have to do to survive so part of this is because agony his regenerative ability is so powerful that um they just cut his arm because he can grow it back within literally seconds so they cut off his arm they cut off his arm or skin or whatever luna's ability isn't as powerful it takes her a day to grow back her arm so he always wants to be the one to do it because he wants to care for his sister and he doesn't want to see her in pain. Um, so Doma and many of these other soldiers uh, come to this place and they realize that they're cannibals and um, they they just, you know, they they are, while they're not necessarily good guys, they also see this as kind of, um, they see this as a crime and they, they should be basically put to death. So they kill everybody here, including Agni, um, they set him on fire, and um, Agni is because of his regeneration. He's able to, um, eventually able to control the flames and able to not not necessarily control them, but he's able to keep them from getting to his face and stop the spread of the flames. And he's able to keep them on his body while at the same time being able to walk upright, to move and stuff. And because of this also, he's clenching and constantly regenerating. He's actually has given himself a very muscular body. Um, so, um, and during this too, uh, eight years, is, I think I said this, eight years has passed and he, is, he goes on his way to find where Doma he believes Doma to be, which is he mentioned they live in a kingdom called Behemdorg. Behemdorg? Um, yeah. And oh, well, I feel like we should go ahead and say something about the relationship between Agni and his sister. Yes, yes, of course, of course. I was, um, I was, I was waiting for when we got to mention this. So, um, you know, why don't you go ahead and say it? So they they really like each other, um, like a, a lot. The sister likes the brother a lot more than the brother likes the sister, apparently. Um, during the night, they were sleeping in bed. The sister's like, Agni, I want to have your baby. He's like, what? You're my sister. 
but she's like very like I love you so much. I just want to have a baby with you. And he's like, "What the fuck? Just go to sleep." And then that's when the village gets uh, burned down by Noma the next day. Yep. So, yeah, we got a we got a little bit of incest um beforehand. Um I mean, obviously nothing really happens, but it's just the implication of like this this sister loves her brother and is like it's it's weird it's it's not it's disgusting um don't know why you needed it but okay um anyway so now that we got that out of the way um which is not to say that we don't have more shit to get through um so so on his way to behemdorg he encounters a little boy named sun he's eight and he also has a blessing and that is the power of electricity um he is very dumb but he's sweet and he just wants to live. He's been kicked out of his village because the village people are infected and they don't want him to die and suffer. So, yeah. And he the, the scene with uh, him and Agni, uh, since he was saved by Agni, he's like, I have a, a treasure for you. He pulls out a little little packet thing of sugar, sugar. Oh and he just God. blows away into the wind. He's like, oh, I guess the wind ate the sugar. It's all God. It's so... It's it's funny, but it's so sad because <laughs> he's not uh, mad about it. He's like he just says the wind ate it. Yeah, he's just like, oh man, <laughs> he's just like a little. He really is just like a very like nonchalant little kid. Um, very sweet. Um, don't want any loves potatoes. Should mention he loves potatoes. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he loves that. Um, but eventually, Agni, um, on his way, he he kills several different um. He, uh, soldiers of Behemdorg, one of them being this guy who is like, uh, who can create iron. Um, it's very, it's it's insane. Um, he kills him we so get, easily. Yeah, we get introduced to him because he's made a cup out of his iron and uh, pissed in it and made a l- little kid drink it. Yeah, it, which like already, <laughs> I know. Um, already like through all of this, we are just we are really given the depravity that um this world <laughs> is facing. Um, so that like, if you, if you were like me and had read Chainsaw Man before reading this, you, you're kind of half prepared, but I would say Chainsaw Man is on the lighter side. Yes. (laughs) In a very, very, um, not like, oh God, what's the word? It's not, it's not so much lighter, but it's definitely not as like this. Um. But anyway, eventually on his way, he encounters um, an agent of Behemdor, another soldier. Um, but I say agent because they're like they're one of the top top people. They attack. Uh, she attacks him and seduces him, cuts off his head, and his and her name is Judah, who bears a striking resemblance to his sister. Uh, and Judah takes the head of Agni and, and takes Son to Behemdor, where they plan to destroy Agni and make Son. Uh, a, oh god, a child sex slave along with Nanetto for a blessed man named Jack. Um, Jack wants them to have sex with his dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's a really messed up scene because he he just walks in with these dogs and he's like, "Uh, here are my my pets. They're really nice. I love dogs." Uh, and the pain. kids are like, "Ooh, doggies! I love dogs. They're so nice. We don't have to eat them. We can just pet them." Yep. Uh, but then he realized their purpose, which is he's like, 
he's like, you have to pleasure these dogs. You have to have sex with them. Which is like, what the fuck? What? Thanks. Um, thanks, Fujimoto. Thanks. thanks. Um, but this backfires because uh, they thought that son was a girl um, because he needed two girls uh, to have sex with these dogs, but son sure. is a boy. Um, and so, He needed them. Th- thanks, Fujimoto. This was so necessary. So <laughs> thankful that you added this. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this backfires, uh, Sun and Nanetto try to run away. Um, Sun being a little boy gets his, uh, this is very crazy imagery, gets his legs cut off, um, by Ivan, who is the brother of Jack, and, uh, Jack is, uh, his blessing is that he can heal wounds, and he heals Sun's legs, but when they realize that his, um, his blessings of electricity, they basically are going to turn him into a power source for Behemdorg, since his abilities are rare. And Nanetto, they give him to Ivan, who Ivan plans to just basically make her his personal sex slave. Um, Agni is eventually able to confront Doma. Um, he's able to regenerate from his head and fight off a few soldiers, and he confronts Doma, who Doma just continuously tries to burn him down. And um, uh Agni reveals that you know he 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 killed his sister and Doma like trying to rec- re- like realizing what he has done is not the Doma we had seen before he is ragged has a beard is not clean clean cut or anything he is um I don't want to say a broken man but he's basically like a very broken guilty man who pleads with Agni not to kill him because he doesn't want to die um and then we are then shown a mysterious person named Togata who wants to film Agni and make a movie called Fireman. And that's how that ends. I don't know how to progress. or, or I know how to progress. I just don't know what to say about that volume. Uh, really, I enjoyed it up to a point. Like, if they didn't have the incest or the, uh, you know the implied bestiality it would be a way better first volume um yeah uh i I, like it doesn't matter because i've i've read it so i read the first volume um a couple of years ago when i was like okay i'm gonna start fire punch i read it and i was like holy fuck uh, this is going to be a heavy read, huh? And then I never, I never continued after that. And so this is also a way for me to finish Fire Punch and to finish a manga series this year. And um, rereading this first volume, I still feel the same way. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's like, it, like the panels and the art. It's really good. And it's oh, yes. really it's really crazy. But it's also really fucking crazy. Like a really fucking crazy volume to just start you off with. Um, so. Yeah. Um you're going to you... notice a pattern with every single volume is that there's so much unnecessary terrible things just yeah. totally not needed. You know, and it's it, there there is a way like I like I've said there there is a certain theme and to what Fujimoto is doing here and there is a way to do it I think without having to have all of this shit but at the same time um, there is a purpose to it. Um, like I said, I'll 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 talk about it later in the episode. But yeah, so let's go on to volume two. So, um, 
Oh, did you have a rating you want to give Volume One, or do we just want to do? Uh, I was just gonna wait uh, to to final plop it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can because because we talked about this. This is something we didn't really think about beforehand. Was like, did we want to do ratings for separate volumes or whatever? I personally, I I just I do the when I do the ratings for these stuff. Uh, I I mean, obviously, I put ratings like in Goodreads and stuff for each and individual volume, but I usually try to have an overall rating for the entire series when I do my own reviews for stuff, just a singular one. Um, so I'm gonna have a singular rating at the very end that i'll tell everybody but um just a heads up but um following the fight with his longtime enemy doma Agni is beheaded and it's decided that his head is to be taken to the sea by train uh however during the journey a mysterious person which was revealed at the very end of the last volume togata appears and their madness tainted filming begins uh, togata fights all the soldiers on the train including Ivan, Simon, and Judah. Uh, Simon is just another character, another soldier of Behemberg, Behemdork, who we got revealed to. He also has regenerative abilities. Um, did I say Judah has regenerative abilities? I don't I don't think I did. Fuck. Uh, Judah has also regenerative abilities, and so does Ivan. Um, very so common blessing. It's a very universe. It's very common, but Agni is the only one that we find out really that has it so powerful. Um, well, I guess he's the one that was able to train it the most since he did it for eight years. Um, but yeah. And, uh, so there's a, there a fight ensues, uh, with Togata, uh, between all these care, all these soldiers and these three, um, characters. Um, and on the train too, we have Ivan trying to rape Nanetto right there in front of the other soldiers as well. Um, which is when, but before that, it can even happen. Tagata gets on the train, and she they proceed to kill, um, like I said, everyone except for Judah. Uh, they kill Ivan and Simon, which is a brutal scene when they kill Simon. It's really cool. Yeah, um, we don't even see it. It literally, um, <clears throat> it's literally uh, Tagata gets Nanetto to be their uh, cameraman, and uh, when uh, when they're doing this, uh, they they had already fought ivan who they also revealed that ivan had an artificial um spine because apparently the there was super advanced technology also before this um but tagata just completely rips out ivan's spine and um kills all these soldiers and then uh, when simon comes in and tries to fight tagata uh he reveals that he's regenerative and tagata's like we can't have that. That's redundant. Cut the camera, cut, and then it cuts, and then there's just in, and it, the next panel is literally there's a hole in the fucking train, and there's a bunch of metal spikes going through Simon, and his head's cut off, and Tagata's wounded, but they survived and beat the absolute fucking shit out of Simon. It's insane. Yeah. Also, <laughs> just important to give you an idea of who Togata is, before they started killing the people, they walked in and on this train where Nanetto is about to be raped and said, all right, go ahead, continue, Raper. I need to have footage of the villains so that the audience knows who to uh, be mad at. So Togata was cool with letting it happen. Then they would jump in. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but the thing is, is also, too, the reason why um, they didn't, uh, it didn't happen was also to Nanetto said they would do anything for Tagata and Tagata's like, will you be my cameraman? And they're like, yes. And Tagata was like, okay. And then proceeds to murder all these soldiers. Not murder, kill. Because they fucking, they're terrible. Um, 
but yeah. So, um, yeah. So Nanetto becomes the cameraman. Um, Tagata also fights Judah, but Tagata is able to cut her head off pretty easily and then takes her head and kicks it off the train and also says, kick the baby, which is, yeah. direct, which is a direct reference to South Park. Um, yeah. So, um, and then when they finally make it to the, to the beach, um, uh, Tagata is able to get um, Agni out of his little prison that they have him in because they have him, they have his head cut off, but they wrap him in fireproof cloth, which is a crazy image. Um, and he and he regenerates and heals. And Tagata reveals that they're actually a three hundred year old regenerative blessed who, after trying to kill themselves, wanted to try and make their own movie. Um, after seeing uh, Agni because an unknown assailant burnt their home and movie collection to ashes. So Tagata makes a deal with Agni that Agni will be the hero of their film and Tagata will train and help them to kill Doma and film everything later or on, on the way. Um, later, Tagata breaks into Behemdor to manipulate the script a little bit by giving enemies for Agni to fight, which are these criminals who are also blessed, uh, Daida, Fugaitai, and Kalu, um, uh, Daida is able to increase his muscle, his muscles. Uh, Fugaitai is able to manipulate any source of iron within his vision, and then Kalu is able to control the wind so he can fly. Um, also, they're all they're all mass murdering serial killers. So there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, Tagata also reveals. Um, by he uh they they talk to Judah and they talk to Jack um as part of this manipulating the script a little bit and they also reveal that they know there is no king of Behemdorg and that the ice witch isn't real. Uh they know that literally the earth is just in another ice age and that the ice witch is just part of a story that they've they've made up pretty much. Um and that's and that's how it ends. I liked this volume a lot more than the first one. It was a lot of a lot more action uh, and less incest and bestiality, and it was just uh, all around a very fun time. Togata is actually one of my favorite characters in the series because they're just a super interesting person, and uh, this is just a little taste of what's to come with them. Yeah, because whenever like. We we got the sense that there's not they're not necessary. There's somebody who could have the potential to be like you know definitely somebody who's like dark or brutal. But then like to see them like kick ass is was really insane. So yeah, that definitely a taste. Uh, I also really like the god as well. They're also one of my favorite characters um, in this. But um yeah, so volume three. Um, so basically, Tagata trains Agni and gives uh him an upgrade which is he gives him fireproof cloth he turns they turn fireproof um uh fireproof cloth into basically clothing that agni can wear so that he doesn't burn everything out around him while also giving him a um exoskeleton arm to use as Looks well super sick like winter super soldier cool. in a drippy suit very yeah very winter soldier um it was very cool and then uh, after receiving Tagata's upgrade, Agni heads to Behemdorg to exact his revenge on Doma, unaware that Tagata has flipped the script entirely. There, instead of finding Doma, Agni is to be pitted against the worst, most violent blast that Behemdorg has to offer. Um, 
which uh, Togata had also given these uh, criminal blessed uh, upgrades as well. The guy, Daida, who has um, the muscle blessing, he has a power suit that is insane. Um, Very beautiful. Just It's just Fujimoto showing off the different kinds of things he can do because uh, it's yeah. a, like a little mecha, essentially. It is. And it, like it's so it it doesn't feel like it fits because there's there's so many hard angles to it but it's so sick like it's just mecha done in fujimoto style pretty much but very clean as well um fujimoto has that kind of um not a uh, sketchy kind of style to his but it's really it's really good like it's very it does feel kind of painterly in a way um kind of that's which is kind of um callback to uh, what i said earlier about him having seen paint uh painting training uh, it definitely kind of shows in his um lines and inking and drawings um <coughs> sorry i coughed um but um yeah anyway um so while traversing the underground of Behem Dork, Agni comes across the enslaved and the quote firewood unquote, which is basically all the people that are being used as fuel for the town, which um which is Sun, uh Sun and other people who are like who um contribute to different things. Like there are literal people who are, are firewood, they they burn um because they're regenerative or they, they create heat or energy. Um some of them create iron for food, uh and then Sun being the second only other person who can generate electricity because the other person is so is about to die um, because they just keep these people chained up um, so they cannot move. They can't do anything. And they're very malnourished. Yep, And they're just naked shitting themselves, shitting and pissing themselves while they're doing all these fuel things. Yeah, because also the pain um especially for the people who generate uh, electricity the pain is what causes their blessings to work in overtime so that's why they they have that like that and that's why they're very tortured and malnourished as well um but they're not so they're not done to the point to where they'll die so that's yeah it's very terrible um but um yeah so while agni is under there he does resolve that he wants to um free them and save sun and he basically leads like a small little revolution where he's able to free all the slaves and people down there and lead them out where he does confront um, uh, the soldiers, Judah and all of the, um, uh, the, um, the criminals that they have. Mm. So um, also it is revealed that Judah has purposely been trained to act and lie about the King and the ice, Witch, um, and she kind of shows her true face during this, which kind of spreads doubt among um the other soldiers and people there with her. Um, but there is a battle between Agni and the criminals and it's insane. It's super sick. If you want to talk about how you feel about that, cause I know that was like, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. It's super, super sick. Cause the fight scenes that happen in here are absolutely phenomenal. It, like it's some of my favorite, uh, like two page spreads that I've seen him do, uh, specifically with the mech suit guy punching his ass, uh, right through the city. Yeah, yeah, no, it, there's a there's really good like, um, panels of in 
Fujimoto really is the master of doing these really stark and sh- and just not shocking, well, shocking too, but also like really just in all like panel two page spreads panels. Um, and in this too, it was just it's just insane because after he he defeats the guy in the power suit, Dida, um, it's just sitting there burning and while he's standing there all the people surrounding him um put their hands in the prayer sign and pray to him thanking him and it's just a crazy panel um and yeah and and it's just crazy too because like he's just without his regenerative abilities he is just kind of a regular dude who can regenerate but he's sitting there like getting crushed and beaten by this guy but he regenerates so much that he's able to withstand it and um he he does a special move that he has set for his arm which allows his flames to come out called which the the command that he has is fire punch and it is insane um it is so cool um then he fights the other guy uh fugatai who can control iron within his field of vision and it's really cool because he sends him up into the sky into the atmosphere by stabbing with iron skewers but Agni is able to fall back down to earth and he's able to grab Fugatai and burn him pretty much. And the only way he's able to fall back down to earth is he cuts his own head off and throws it and he regenerates on his way back into orbit. It's insane. It's insane. (laughs) Like, and that's, and that's also too, like you, because you keep seeing these people start praying to him and stuff. And also too, should mention while sun is imprisoned with the other firewood, he slowly starts the religion of, of Agni, um, by, um, talking about him as a God to these other people and basically giving all these firewood and slaves hope. um, and you really see like, oh shit, like we're having a re- little religion develop now, um, or the start of a, what would, uh, of a cult. But anyway, um, because he is thrown through the city, um, Doma's flames do catch Behemdorg on fire and burn it all down pretty much. Um, just completely destroys the city. Um, we are also introduced to a new blessed person named Batman, um, who came to aid Agni and to help save the slaves. And after the destruction, Judah attempts to kill herself along with manipulating Agni into dying as well, but is instead decapitated by the Ice Witch. And that is how our uh, third volume ends. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how Fujimoto got DC to agree to put Batman in this. Yeah. It, and, and he, he looks just, nothing like him. It's weird. He looks nothing like Batman. It's crazy. Um, this Batman too. Uh, he's called Batman because he's a bat. Um, he kills the other criminal Kalu because Kalu tries to escape because he can fly. Um, he hits him with a bat, kills him in one hit. And Batman also has a blessing where he's able to um, look into people's hearts and see their true, um, their true nature, their true intentions. So that's helpful. Uh, we're also introduced to a character. Um, I didn't mention them. They're they're called Uloi. They are uh, they are one of Judah's lackeys who they are able to generate flames. They're not necessarily super important, but they do pop up in the next volume. Um, and but they yeah they're not there for long. Uh, I should just mention that. Um, volume no one's four. here for long. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't if you don't know Fujimoto, um, not many characters last really. Um, so. 
but uh for volume four um boss uh aka batman the leader of the behemdor escapees finds he's at a disadvantage when fighting the soldiers who continue pursuing them. So Uloy and the soldiers pursue their trucks and stuff on uh, these little snowmobiles. And But all that changes, though, with the sudden appearance of a mysterious spear-wielding girl and a masked man who are willing to lend their aid. Um, meanwhile, will Agni have to perform that certain act once again for those who revere him? So basically on their way, um, trying to escape these uh, these soldiers... Uh, a spear-wheeling woman who speaks only English uh, comes to help them and says that there is a place that they can all stay with her 160 family members, and um, she proceeds to fight while um, her blessing is that she can control the spear and fly with it and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, she's also partially naked. Should mention that. Yeah, the she. I'm assuming she's like from up north, anyways, because she's cooler with the snow. Yeah, yeah, she she doesn't uh, she says that she has um a fast metabolism so she's able to handle the cold. Um also That's just Fujimoto they, having a giggle. That's just him is. giggling. It is because how many characters does he have with eye patches that are like half naked or naked at some point? Uh let me tell you there's another one. Uh <laughs> if you know who I'm talking about, not in this story. Um but if anybody who has read a certain uh chainsaw story, they know. Um, but yeah, and also too, on their way, there's also, you see the P- Great Pyramid of Giza. Yup, it's covered in snow, so Hemdorg is like in Egypt? Question mark? It's in the Middle East. It's, it's somewhere, because we just know that the, yeah, if they're, if they're, ne- if they're near the coast, then they would have to be also, yeah, they'd have to be in Egypt. But yeah, it's, it shows you too how, how desolate and how, barren the world is because of the um of the ice connecting everything basically freezing the ocean and stuff but yeah um but yeah it makes sense that they're the last pieces of humanity are in middle east though considering that's where it was the hottest Hmm, yeah um never really thought about that that's interesting (laughs) and they're and they're close to the equator so yeah okay um but anyway um, so yeah, so they're they're fighting these people. Uloy uh, jumps on one of the trucks and proves to be kind of a hassle for Batman and the Spear Lady. But then we get another new character, which is mentioned, a masked man who is in his undies. He's in whitey tighties, but he's muscular and he's like an acrobatist. And he proceeds to make quick work of Uloy and all the soldiers. His ability, his blessing is that he's able to create and generate iron as well from his body um but it's like more powerful than the guy that we've seen in the first volume it's really crazy and he just he literally just puts his finger his middle finger up to uloy's head and just stabs right through it it's insane it's really cool um also one of my favorite characters because and he doesn't say anything (laughs) but he's one of my favorite characters but um yeah so they're able to defeat and kill all the soldiers and they're able to make it back to their um little compound um so that act though that i mentioned that agni has to perform again is that he has to cut off his flesh again to feed all of the people he saved uh including the newly added uh, members of the spear lady's family because 
he also has to maintain a new religion. They have propped him up as a god now. Yep, um, and they're just cutting the one side of his face with his brain every single time. Yep, it's literally it's literally Tagata has to has to keep chopping it and chopping it and chopping it and it is um and that's what they eat. Um and they're not and they're not stupid either. They don't really try to hide it, but since it is a religion they have developed and lying also seems to be an important aspect of the series. They're basically just lying to themselves saying that this is what they, this is part of their religion and part of God's blessing. Agni being that they, this is something they do. Um, so yeah. Uh, then also too, um, we're, we're, uh, we go back to the ice, Witch because the ice, Witch cut off Judah's head and ran away while also stabbing, Acne. Uh, so we get to see the Ice Switch again, and what they pl- and we we get revealed about what they plan to do to Judah. Who also too, they're not really the Ice Switch. Their actual name is Sulia. The Ice Switch doesn't exist. There is no Ice Switch. They just adopted that moniker. Um, but reveals too that they look like Judah and Luna as well. They have white hair and blue eyes. Um, but in this case, they have a little piece of a tree growing out of their uh one of their eyes and. Um, they're also part of this group of really powerful blessed who, um, who they all look the same, but they're not around anymore. Um, there was this past generation before the the current generation that had actually left the earth when the ice age started. And, um, Sulia reveals that they plan to, t- or yeah, they plan to turn Judah into a giant tree to drain the life force of every living thing on the planet and from all the planets and stars in the universe so that they may warm the world again and start a new generation of humanity so that that generation may be influenced by Sulia into creating a new Star Wars film because the last one ended on a cliffhanger that has been their fuel for living. That's such a good bit. I th- that I feel like that's just something that Fujimoto would do himself because he's such a fucking nerd. yeah like that's not i'm not making i'm not like this isn't a this isn't a funny bit we've created or anything this is literally in the manga this is the reason why this person is doing what they're doing this is the insanity that has been placed into this manga besides all the other crazy horrible shit this is just a random just yeah i'm gonna turn this person into a giant fucking tree because i want to see the next star wars film also the next sentence is a crazy sentence Is it the craziest sentence? It's not the craziest, but it's just like... (sighs) Wow. If you didn't Um, know who Batman was, it's... If you thought Batman was that Batman. uh, So, back to Tagata and Agni. um, We end off the, the, the manga with... Or the volume with Batman's blessing revealing that Tagata is actually a trans man. Yeah, because they break down in front of. Uh... Wait, that's the next volume. That's Never the next mind. volume. Yeah, my bad. Um, but um, yeah, no. So that's why I've also been kind. I've been I've been careful with um how I uh how I um say to or uh, I use pronouns for Tagata. I I just say they um because for the most part they are um when this is revealed we are like okay this tagata is a trans man and it's like str- like it is very much revealed in the next volume like they we really get to learn about them and that is that um they they are a man trapped in a woman's body and they've they want to be a man but they can't and it it, it is a 
it is really it is honestly a very powerful sequence of them talking about how they feel about being a trans man and like and like seeing somebody like Agni who has no sort of who is a who is a man who has no sort of doubt about his gender identity and to and to be so like muscular and strong and represents so much of masculinity and Togata having idolized like male action movie stars and like not getting to be this it's really powerful and like even say, going as far as saying that like every time like thinking about thinking about this seeing seeing what they the things that they they can't be or the hope that they that they have lost because of the the way the world is it's just they they even throw up because they're just so disgusted it's just wow it's very it's it's crazy um obviously i'm you know i'm not trans and i don't i don't know fully like how to what it's like to go through that or anything but i just like i i, I feel like it fujimoto did a really made a very interesting and like very from from what i've read too about like people who have also talked about tagata like very real representation of somebody who is trans and going through something so difficult is what i'm trying to say yeah um, yeah yeah so yeah it's um which that like this added a whole nother level of complexity to tagata which is like what the fuck like so yeah um and then i think there was something else i was gonna say but no, that was it. Okay, so, yeah, we're gonna go right into Volume 5. So, after painful words are unleashed and Tagata's secret is finally exposed, the, rele- the revelations leave Agni shaking. Knowing he must face his destiny, Agni seeks out the man at the root of all of his suffering. So, after Tagata painfully reveals her struggle, um, Tagata tries to um, tries to explain to Agni, and Agni tries to understand um their struggle like i said it's a really good sequence of this of trying to understand some somebody who who is trans and what they're going through even if it is fictional and i mean i don't i don't know if if um how much experience or where this comes from with fujimoto but it's it's it felt very real um but uh agni is especially uh he's also not particularly smart as well but he also doesn't want to lose the only person he has solely sought wisdom and guidance from um he even calls tagata big sister but then changes it like i I mean shit like big brother um which tagata being kind of defeated is just like big sister's fine which kind of also is really sad goes to show that like agni really cannot understand something like this um which is tough but um but Agni, in attempt to convince Tagata to stay, because Tagata's leaving, um, they're just so fed up and just so just like after this, they just can't stay there. They just can't deal with all of this because this this is just I mean this is shattering. But um, but to convince Tagata to stay, states that he'll finally confront Doma. Agni finds Doma's compound where he's living peacefully with one of his daughters and several children. He must take care of. Um, Oh, that looks weird on the dock. I should have gonna mess me up. Um, he also reveals that his whole reason for committing uh the acts that he did, um, Doma commit all the heinous acts of like setting people on fire and doing everything in the name of their kingdom, quote unquote, was because 
they had found a movie from a place uh, he had destroyed uh, that was in perfect condition called Flame of Behemdorg, which is the name of the fucking kingdom, the city that they named after where the hero in this uh, movie uses fire to enact righteous justice. Um, that's literally been Doma's whole motivation for everything, which is also reveals that Doma was the one who destroyed Togata's house and movie collection uh, because Togata is like that movie was something that I had in my collection. Um, <laughs> and then Togata is like, I knew the name sounded familiar, but I didn't realize that it had come from that fucking movie. And then there's a quote I have in here that was really fucking funny um, when they're beating the shit out of Doma because they're so pissed. Let me tell you something. That movie is infamous for being a C movie. Your God, because Doma saw the man as a God, your God is the main character in that film, right? Well, that actor was an alcoholic rapist. Get over here. And th this is after whenever they say that there's like a pause where Doma is so shocked and stuff. And then Tagata looks at fire punches or Agni is like, get over here and take your revenge out on him. Fire punches, stupid ass. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> Funny little scene because it just showed how stupid Doma was. It, it's so good. But I, also, too, what was so interesting about this is that during this whole confrontation, even before they were talking about this movie, is Doma was talking to Agni and was talking about how they, the people from where he's at, re revere him as a god, right? And they're talking about what they're doing and stuff. And he's talking about, are you feeding them your flesh again? Are you feeding these people your flesh like you did before? And Agni's like, yeah, you know, what's the big deal? And it's like, you can't raise them to be cannibals. And was like, well, why not? You know, it's not, it's not too bad. You know, I can keep doing this forever, blah, 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 blah. And Doma's like, no, what the most important thing, because Doma's been kind of hinting at like, no, the most important thing you need to do for these people, for anybody, is to give them a proper education, which is so just it's really a powerful scene because also in this moment what is doma doing he's fishing and what is the famous fucking bible quote bible verse of um if you if you what if you fish um if you teach a man to fish uh he'll be fed for life yeah, if you fish, you, you know, you, a man will be fed for a day. But if you teach him, if you teach a man to fish, he'll be fed his whole life, which is what Doma is trying to get at is that, yes, like, yes, you know, obviously for the moment or, you know, survival or whatever, like, yeah, you can do that. But that's not what's important. You need to teach these people and the generations coming forward that basically like <laughs> human human dignity and also like sanity of not like and this is coming from the same guy who committed all this evil and stuff so that's what also kind of i don't like doma um i i let me just state that too hate the guy want to see him fucking die but, cancel him cancel doma but this this adds also complexity to the story and to doma's character as well um, being that so many years has passed that he has changed and that also too that he actually provides some good points of like of like there there are more there are important things and there and rather than seeking destruction he is now seeking to protect life which shows a huge just um change in value and um mentality so that that is that is important there but but anyway 
Um, yeah, so uh, Agni is sort of able to reconcile with Doma, kind of, and they just leave. Uh, Togata's pretty pissed, but they kind of reconcile too, because it's just like, well, you know, Agni's the hero, and he's going to do the noble thing, and this is what we're going to do, and you know what? That's fine. And Togata kind of playfully throws a snowball at Agni, and we get this really really cool sequence of Agni walking and as he's walking um, he starts to remember the people who have died um, and then he remembers Luna and then he finally gets we get an image of Luma telling him that Doma is lying or he could be acting and that this is just a trick he's playing on him and um, you know uh, Luna tells Agni that become fire punch and so Agni sets his whole face on fire and really cool art right there too. Really sick, really sick. Um, and it's, it's just, it's basically Agni is starting to disassociate and he enters a fugue state and becomes a uh, fire punch, which is, which is a persona at, at this point. So he goes, he ends up going back and uh, completely just kills Doma and kills everybody at the compound. Doma, Doma, um, was at this compound and he didn't want to die because he had these kids and people he needed. I said this before he wanted to care, take care of. Um, so um, he Agni just completely kills everybody there. Like it's it's brutal. Um, and we get this really brutal scene too of Doma being burnt to a Chris as he's screaming at Agni as Agni's fist is in his chest. It's pretty it's, sick. It's pretty sick. Um, don't get me wrong. Terrible, horrible <laughs> that, that all these other people died, but I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel any sympathy for Doma because also too, those are Doma's fucking flames. Yeah. Like, it's literally his fault. And it's just like, and it's like, don't get me wrong. It's like re- being able to reason with people and being, being able to redeem yourself, you know, obviously is possible and could be, but at the same time, like Doma was still part of a uh, horrific society and still committed these evil acts and does, and simply just wants to run away with them with no sort of like, with nothing really to offer because especially too, when he talks to Agni and telling him that, you know, people need education and he's also talking down to him and it's like, yeah, sure. Agni is a kid and he doesn't really know what he's doing, but at the same time, it's like, if you're sitting here going to plead for your life or whatever and being like, Oh, I need to protect these kids. I need to, I need to protect these kids. I need to take care of these kids. You know, if you kill me, you're killing these kids. It's like, well, what the fuck? What about you? Like, what do you, what do you mean you're pleading right now? What do you, what are you trying to bargain for? You asshole. He worshiped a movie worshipped a movie like dude anyway so um but after agni um is able to get out of his fugue state um he he sees what he has done and he attempts to kill himself by drowning but tagata uh jumps into the water to save uh to save him but um dies because their regenerative ability isn't like agni so they they end up burning up and in this moment um we get this really cool scene where Tagata is in um, a movie theater that uh, Tagata has talked about with Agni because Agni had asked Tagata where people go when they die. And Tagata just made up, made up that people go to a movie theater and basically watch a film about their life. So 
Tagata is in this theater because Agni thought he was dying, but Tagata pushes him out of the way and sits in his spot. And while um, in this state of Tagata watching themselves die, they try to figure out what to tell um, to tell um, Agni because they're trying to come up with a cool fr- like quote or phrase from a movie. And it's a really cool meta moment of like, well what has been Tagata's motivation and fuel for living has been wanting to do the fire, this fireman movie. So what do they do? They quote their own movie. They say live to Agni echoing Luna. Um, and then that's, and that's, and that's how Tagata dies. Um, so Agni carries Tagata back to their compound, to their village to find everyone freaking dead. Batman spear lady, everybody's dead because Suya had, um, accomplished making Judah into a giant freaking tree and has drained their life force. The only people who didn't die uh, is Sun, Nineto, and the Undies band because they had left the compound to go do something else. And um, yeah, so. I will and- say, if when I read this part where everyone's dead, it felt like I skipped a bunch of chapters. It felt like I missed something because it just... Fujimoto just killed all these people off, off screen. And they were super interesting characters and they're just gone. Only yeah. person that didn't get killed was uh, the dude with the iron mask of the cool ones that I liked. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so, that's Fujimoto though. I mean, you're talking about like setting up this world that's very much interesting lived in world and part of their their style is to kind of take that a little back you know kind of to be jarring to be kind of um uh subverting what we expect from um a shonen from a story so that that's kind of part of their style that's um you you have the same thing in chainsaw man if if anybody who has read the manga or if you've seen the anime well get ready um (laughs) um so yeah no i agree i agree whenever this whenever Suya talks about the whole tree thing and then this happens, I was like, I was so jarred. I was like, what the fuck? Like what happened? Like, I felt like I missed something because all these characters are dead now. And there's only three people who survived. Now don't get me wrong. These three people are important for the later volumes, but it's just like, well, what the hell happened? <laughs> okay. Um, so here we go. Volume six. So, in order to absorb all life, Judah has been turned into a massive tree by the ice witch. And just as Agni loses his will to live, Judah's sorrowful pleas for death echo in his ear. What will await the world after its destruction and rebirth is complete? So basically, Agni climbs a giant tree and he's constantly being still attacked and stabbed by this tree. But he is able to make it to the, the top of the tree and is able to basically try to beat judah to a pulp but he's able to free her um in doing so the tree collapses and in this process agni's flames have been extinguished his regenerative ability slowed slowed down and judah is also freed but is suffering from amnesia and infantile regression um yeah this is also something too about judah being our tree form is that she has the power to basically remove blessings as well so this is why this kind of happens um so in this process, they both wake up naked uh, on a beach and, um, you know, all this is happening. Agni still remembers who he is. It's just Judah doesn't. And so um, Judah trying to um, she asks what her name is or who she is. Agni 
Um, Agni calls himself Big Brother at this point, brother. Um, and he renames her Luna. So there's that. Um, Some issues then... going on with him. <laughs> he has a lot of issues. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff happens because he also tries to kill uh, Judah while he's uh, while there's she's still unconscious. But it's just yeah. So they um they break into this compound to try to look for clothes. There's this whole scene, um, this panel, this very famous panel of him smiling. Um, if it's anybody, so funny. It's one of my favorite panels. Period. Just because. The face of pure pain and just uncomfortableness. It's, it's so good. It's it's not. It's literally just nothing but pain and delusion. Like it's if if a panel could summarize, if a piece of art could summarize that, it's this image of Agni smiling. It is so. It's funny, but oh my god, is it incredibly sad? Um, and there's this whole just kind of montage of uh, Judah trying on a bunch of different clothes. And him being like so cute or whatever, but then they're like, "Wait a minute, why are there so many clothes here?" And that's when they're they're realizing that there's they're in this compound that's being used by a group of women who were also Doma's disciples. Um, it's Tina, Leanne, Aya, and Lodo. And um, and yeah, uh, they do not know who Agni is or who Luna slash Judah originally or Luna originally was, but um. Eventually, in uh, they are they are they are taken in, and uh, eventually, in an attempt to save one of the women, because uh, Agni does reveal that Doma has been um, has been killed. Uh, doesn't say by uh, doesn't say that's him, but he he states that like, oh yeah, he was killed by fire punch. You know, I'm one of I'm one of his disciples as well. Kind of like kind of blend in with them, and so uh, the two of the women, the twins. Uh, Aya and Leno try to go and see this, and when they come back, Leno is the only one that comes back. Aya has been captured um, by these refugees from Behemdorg, uh, who have been uh, harassing these women. So, um, Agni, kind of to get into their good graces, basically kind of goes on his own to get back Aya, and to basically... Um, also, Agni is missing his arm, I should mention, because his regenerative abilities have slowed, um, but he he does... Um, it does show like kind of like it's still there. It's just it's slowed down. But to reactivate it, what he does is when he goes to attack these men, he takes a torch and basically sets his face on fire, which is what sets him into his fugue state, turning him into fire punch. Um, and he's able to attack all these men, kill them. But because he's not in complete control of himself, he um. He also ends up killing Aya and um, and he brings her back. Um, it is also later revealed that when he comes back um, doing all this, you know, they're grateful for him. Tina, realizing how strong he is, she reveals that she is the daughter of Doma who had been also raped and is pregnant right now. Um, and because Doma is dead, that's her father was killed by Fire Punch. She's like, I want you to kill Fire Punch. And that's how this chapter en- or this volume ends. Yeah, it's a messed up uh, volume, I'll say that. It has... The the whole reason these men were attacking is because they wanted sex slaves, basically, to rape and have kids with. It's not great. Yeah, it's this whole ideology that Behemdorg had started because they had, because it's um something that Firepunch does really well, 
and you see this with Agni's religion as well, is uh, religion. And that is that what happens when it becomes, when it goes too far, when it becomes radical, when it becomes fanatical. And Bamdorg was that. They have basically made up a king who they worship as a god, and part of their um, part of their kind of uh, their treaties or their rights, or they believe that there's right is that they can use people as firewood, as fuel. And not only that, it was stated in volume two, I didn't mention this, but um, one of the men there talked about women and how they view women in Behemdork. And that is that while they're, they're quote sacred, unquote, they're still, they're still property. They're still things for them to use, to impregnate, to just do as they please so that they can make more people and simply pleasure men. And that is literally it. And that's what these uh, Behemdorg refugees still think of women. And that's what they want to do with these women, basically, is that their duty, quote unquote, is to basically have sex with them and to make children and to continuously, you know, to to restart population. Um, so, yeah. But um, it was it was an insane panel, though, whenever for him to enter his fugue state, he he knows that he has to set his fucking face on fire. It's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, really good panels of uh, his face being burned off, which is like every time I see that there is just music just starts playing in my head of basically of eerie screaming every time I see it. Like I already have my own soundtrack in my head for this it is so powerful. Um. I, that's also something too that I think is interesting about Fujimoto and with his um with Chainsaw Man and Fire Punch is like it's like it, music plays kind of a role into this especially with Ch Chainsaw Man especially if you know if you watch the anime and stuff having you know all these different endings and the song and the intro song but like it really is like it just seems like already you can attach like a soundtrack to it it's really cool um it, it's it's very interesting but. So yeah, now we're going to go into volume seven. Uh, we're almost there to volume eight, the final one. But so in this volume, uh, with his promise to Tina imprinted on his mind, Agni can only enjoy an inauthentic peace thick, coated thickly with lies. His existence blames, tortures, and undermines him, becoming an affliction worse than the anger, pain, and madness he experiences fire punch. So basically... Agni is doing really, really, really bad. Um, he is constantly trying to kill himself. It's really, it's really sad. Um, there's literally moments where he'll he'll go out into the woods. He he'll say that he's going to get wood, firewood, which he does. But he'll go out into the woods, slit his own throat, and just lie there, hoping to bleed out. But every time he is about to die, the image, the words of uh, Luna of Tagata telling him to live pop into his mind and his re his regeneration just starts back up. It's like an automatic. It's just reflex now. Um, and and so yeah, so and he tries to drown himself. Uh, Luna slash Judah um saves him though, and he kind of has he sort of has a reason to live. But it's really fascinating because he is so traumatized, so broken, but like he still tries to eat food even though it, he states that he can't taste anything because he's been on fire for so long that he's completely lost his ability to taste anything he lies that whether food is good or not he he can't stomach it he can't he, he there's so much he can't do but he does it anyway and um it's just really it's really interesting study of somebody who is just absolutely just who is an immortal but who is also broken um 
but eventually Agni is able to live a fairly peaceful life with Luna and these women for 10 years. 10 yeah, years it's a by. massive time skip here. So he's yeah. like 28. Yeah, um yeah, everybody who we knew who <laughs> who had survived uh has who has gotten a little older. We'll get into that, but um but yeah, also Tina uh does give birth to um uh, crap, I say Oya. Oya, Oya. Um and uh they have um Doma's fire blessing. They're able to produce the same flame. Um and that's important. So then we are also revealed to uh what has become of sun and he leads the cult of agnism he is yep. 18 at this point he's 18 has robotic legs because his legs got cut off but he got he got prosthetics um and he is very powerful he is he has completely figured out and utilizes his electricity blessing to its maximum and he has powerful kicks he annihilates a dude it's insane yeah he, his like action in the manga is so fucking cool. If it was animated, this would never get animated. Never ever getting animated. But if it was, it'd be super cool. It would be insane. Um, he leads this cult uh, alongside Sulia and Jack. Who don't if you don't remember who Jack was? Jack was the guy who wanted to do what with Sun and Nanetto? What did he want to do? Doggies. The dogs. Bestiality. Yep. Um, at least I believe it's Jack. I, I keep going back to see if that is him. And I'm like, I think that it is, is. That is Jack, but they never say his name. I just assume that they, you assume that you recognize him. But yeah, that's Jack. Um, yeah. So Sulia and Jack do this to uh, lead this cult with him. They've even made up their own kind of Bible, basically, with clearly Bible verses that have been replaced with like certain, um, certain phrases and stuff that are you know unique to agony and to fire punch and stuff so it's really it's really fun um but uh what what they do uh sun also knows where agony is where luna slash judah is he knows that they're in this compound but he decided just to he just decided to leave them alone let them li live in peace but ever since sulia and jack have come on and with all of the people who are part of this cult they want revenge um for for uh, uh on judah for what she had the lies she had created the lives uh the lives she has destroyed because of her lies and what she was doing with behemdorg and sulia um wants to obtain judah as well so that they, in order to restart the tree which ritual which is what they have told them about um the tree ritual being that they can warm up the planet so that's also another kind of motivation for them to get back judah uh nanetto is still alive of course she at this point she's like 23 as well um, she actually goes to Agni, and we believe this kind of to be something sincere. She goes to Agni to try to convince him beforehand and to warn him about what they're going to do. But this is actually this is actually kind of a trick to basically leave them kind of vulnerable to get them off guard to make them think that they're going to be coming the next day when in reality they're coming that night. Um, so so they, they can take Judah while also not hurting anybody because I don't they don't want to hurt the women there, but at the same but at the same time they're going to do what they have to. Um, and then, and Agni ends up having sex with, uh, <laughs> Luna <laughs> slash Judah. <laughs> yeah. And the women find out who they really are. Uh, I'm laughing because I got to think like, they must've been screaming. Like they, like that, they don't sit outside their door every night for 10 years. No, they had to be making some very loud noises. 
because they are so we get the panel they're out of breath um agni is a muscular dude too um and and yeah so then once they kind of like do the d because it, it it's fucking weird because luna slash judah judah luna slash judah she knows that she's not agni's sister and that's why she says she's like hey let's start a family and agni's like no you know you're my sister but she's like i know i'm not your sister and it's just like it's so weird <laughs> it's like it's literally like a really bad like those really bad you know porn scenes where it's just like oh stepbrother like yeah uh, like i'm just your stepsister like we're not really related it's very weird um but yeah so they do that and then um as they're getting dressed whatever the the women are outside their door armed and they're like they literally are like you guys um they're brothers and sisters don't do that Brothers and sisters don't do that, which is also like, okay, Fujimoto, if you're going to call out incest, why are you going to have it so in so much graphic detail in this, too? It's it's weird. But, yeah, so they're like, you know, we, we know who you are, really. And um, and that's when they are attacked. Um, so the um, the people who want revenge on Judah and the followers of Acne attack them. Um, one of the uh, one of the women does die. Leno is killed. And um, in this battle, one of Agni's disciples, if you remember Undies, he's back um, and he looks sick. He comes up and cuts off Judah's head and is it to Nanetto and they have to take it back and to um, to stop um, to hold back Agni. They're like, well, he doesn't have his flames. So just, you know, take him on. So Agni slices off his fucking face and goes full fire punch. Uh, Undies wraps himself in iron armor and they proceed to fight. It's really crazy. It's really cool. And um, and after a long drawn out battle, Agni is tired, but he's regenerating. And Undies is tired. And finally, Undies speaks, basically begging Agni to just kill him because he's so fucking tired. And he's about to, but Tina uh, stops him and basically tries to like um reason with him and convince him like hey you know you don't have to do this like we we know who you are we know like you know we know you're agony we know you're fire punch but we know all the stuff you've been trying to do the good you've been trying to do like lying all this stuff like you know it's been very like basically very sweet trying to live a normal life trying to atone for what you've done you know there's no reason to do this like just stop killing just stop killing like you don't have to do this and then agony is kind of like he's on the brink but then he um he he just he um what's the word he relapses basically he's just like no um he basically kind of hits her and is like i'm fire punch i'm a monster and and basically does that thing where he tries to put distance to him and these people that he cares about because he doesn't want them to get hurt he doesn't want to hurt them because he knows the path he wants to take he knows what he has to do and this is what he wants to do so he's like you know, I'm Fire Punch. I killed your father, and I've been living with you guys while laughing at you secretly. Blah 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 blah, so, making up all these lies. And then, um, her do- her um, her kid. I don't know if they're they're a son or daughter. Um, their kid though, uh, Oya sets him on fire, basically restarting Fire Punch. And yeah, uh, he's like, "Stop bullying my mommy," and then he just sets him on fire. Yep, and and he's like. And he tells him, like, you know, he's like, you know, don't thank you. Don't ever use your flames again, though, because they'll never go out. And then he proceeds to go and get um, Luna slash Judah. Now, also at the very end of this, too, 
Sun has a conversation with Soya and Jack, and um, Sun ends up killing Jack and Soya, um, basically calling them heretics and have and and wanting to take this situation to his own hands. Um, he doesn't want to do the tree ritual. He just wants to he wants to execute Judah, and um, and yeah, that's, that's another adds another little facet to this. Um, so, what do we think about Volume Seven? I thought it was a lot of fun. I felt like Fujimoto, he, he was losing me a little bit before with like killing all these cool characters off and whatnot. But I thought if he's going to add some crazy pacing, he might as well do it a little bit more interesting. I'm not, not a fan of the weird brother-sister thing, but the whole cutting your own face off to go kill and all the uh, just like, like you said, relapsing and bullying these people just to get them away from him. I thought it was really good. It was the first time, in my opinion, that Ogni uh, started to be a little bit more interesting in a long time. Yeah. It, well, Agni, Agni, this entire story, he's been, he's been, you know, he's dumb. He's not necessarily the, 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 the best character or whatever. But I think, I think overall though, he's been a very, in, he's been a very fascinating character because of what, because of what the aspect of the lies and, and the dis- disassociativeness and the roles he has had to play, I think is very fascinating for this character study and his psyche. Um, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Um, oh gosh. What was I going to say else too about Agni? Um, and just and like you said, the 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 face slicing and what he has to do to um to enter this unstoppable state is crazy. Um, uh, God, there's something else. Another thought I had about this. Um, oh well, I think I lost it. I mean, you're not you're not wrong either. Like, because if you're gonna if you're gonna jump to this like crazy ass shit, um, at least you know at least you're gonna make it fujimoto makes it interesting where it's like okay even though we just lost all this stuff previously it felt like a huge jump i mean it still pays off because we got more stuff to deal with and we just gotta we just gotta move so yeah it's um definitely it definitely helps um so now we're on the final volume volume eight here we go this is it so agony's body is once again once again engulfed in flames and he burns everyone and everything on in his path on his way to Judah. Sun's blind belief explodes into fury as his savior Agni becomes the villain. Will it be an inferno of revenge or a redeeming light finally end this frozen world? So yeah, Agni goes on a warpath to save Luna slash Judah and burns all of his followers and eventually confronts Sun, who, as I stated previously, he has killed Sulia and Jack due to his fanaticism, and he actually battles Agni. It's really crazy. Um, Really, really cool, like, flash-stepping... Uh, fourth Okage from Naruto, he just teleports with his electricity. Yeah, yeah, because he can't he can't touch him. So what it, he <clears throat> uses his ability to his advantage and is very, very powerful. And his metal legs really help him too. And like, um, giving him more accuracy with his lightning, it's crazy. Um, and through this battle, there's a really crazy scene where he just he com- is completely just striking. Agni with lightning constantly to the point to where it causes brain damage, severe brain damage to Agni, where there's different points where he'd be like, 
where am I? What's happening? What is this? Strikes him again. He's like, son, how'd you get so old? What's going on? And then strikes him again and again. And it's just like, it's just so, it's so sad because it's just like, he, it's like at this point, Agni's just gone. Like, cause he keeps, son does not understand what he is doing. And, and, and two, he thinks that Agni, this is like a test, a test by his God. And, um, and in and through this too, Agni, um, through just a little bit, a little tiny little piece of Doma's flame is able to catch Sun's leg on fire, and um, that's how he dies. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty brutal because it's so sad because into because Sun is also begging Agni to do something to save him, but Agni because he's just so lost is just like just doesn't even look at him he's just gone um and so yeah luna and judah um judah kind of understanding now that she's judah and what she has done she stops agni from further harm and slightly regains her memories but like i said at least an understanding of the situation and her powers and actually kind of frees Agni from his previous body, literally pulls him, turns his body into a shell and pulls out a, a younger Agni out of this, out of this body, turning him back into basically a boy and uh, making a deal with Nanetto to um, raise him as he is and to never reveal who he was and to take care of him. And Judo will become a tree again, warming the world. Um, giving a safe and warm world for Agni to grow up in. Um, and um, during this time, Nanetto does raise him and changes his name and names him uh, Son, after Son. Um, so yeah, and then um, Judah becomes a giant tree again, and 80 years pass, and the world is warm, there's flowers, there's fields, there's this giant glowing tree, and there's a movie theater that has been built, but there are no movies to play in. Um we we see um we see son slash Agni who is a little older uh, or I say little he's young he's immortal um but uh, Nanetto's old she dies and um it reminds me a lot of Interstellar uh, it does they're dying it did it did because all she's surrounded by her family and friends um son slash Agni is uh. He has some role to play um, in this. He has uh, he has a, a subordinate who talks to him about how basically um, there is uh, humans have discovered new weapons now that can destroy the world, but they discovered a pill before the um, before all of this, where if you take it, a person with re- regenerative abilities can finally die. So because because uh, Sun slash Agni at this point. For some reason, he still wants to kill himself and he still tries to, but his regenerative abilities don't allow him. Um, but he knows he wants to die for some reason and he doesn't understand why. Um, also, he's given a film. Uh, they find Togata's uh, camera and they get, and they give him the film and it's damaged. It's only in black and white and there's no sound and he watches it. The only film in the only movie theater and... Um, he doesn't he doesn't know who the guy is, but he, he obviously kind of recognizes him that that's him. And um, as he's watching it, he makes a fist as he sits there. But um, but yeah. And so basically there's this whole thing of like there's no, you know, maybe it's a good idea to just kill yourself because um, because there's no there's no hope for this world now since humans have discovered another way to destroy it. Um, 
And then we get to cut to Judah, who sits in her tree, um, still Luna Judah, but she sits in her tree all alone, uh, knowing what she is doing and why she's doing it, because she wants to um, uh, help Sun slash Agni. Um, then after several centuries passed, uh, she slowly starts to forget. Uh, she has a vague idea what she's doing, but um, she's still kind of still she's starting to lose her memory because she's getting so old and immortal and so much time is passing. So a millennia finally passes. She forgets, but she knows she's still doing this. And she is her branches have reached out into the stars. They're going to planets. They're sucking the life from other planets and heat, going to going to worlds, destroying them, suns, just without without really thinking, but also knowing that there's some purpose to it. Um uh but th- there is no purpose to it because she also knows that the world below her has been destroyed. The earth is gone. It got struck by an asteroid a millennia ago. So it actually had been destroyed, who knows, like thousands or hundreds of years ago, but it's just gone. So then another millennia passes and the universe is finally dead. The universe is dead and Judah slash Luna is all alone, just floating there. She's in agony because she's in a, she's just alone, nothing, just immortal. And who floats into her space, into this little area in the tree? It's Sun slash Agni. He Agni, uh, he's there. He floats um, because he's also immortal. And at some point when the Earth was destroyed, he got thrown out of the atmosphere. So he's been floating around through space. But he finally floats his way to Luna. And they see each other being the first two first humans to see each other in a long time. And they laugh and they don't know what to say or what to do. And finally, they fall asleep and they both reawaken in a movie theater and that's how fire punch ends yep and i uh i remember uh reading on the wiki like a little quick thing it says that and at the end of the movie it reveals that or not i mean at the end of the story it reveals that the everything that just took place was a movie which technically yes it was a movie because it's what togata thought was heaven was replaying the events of their life so technically i guess you could see it either way that it was a movie but i see it as they had already died and they're just re-watching the events of their life that's my that's my interpretation of that is that literally whenever they finally see each other they both because they're both like not alone now they finally they fall asleep for real and that's it they just they both die and they're both in the theater uh, and they just got done watching their lives and they, and it, and they both get up and are leaving the theater as well. They're get, both getting up from their seats and are leaving. So they just got done watching basically the film showing their lives. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I interpret it. That's how I see a lot of people interpret that. Um, it's just, they're watching, um, they had died and they're watching their movie. So, yeah. Um, also symbolism there too. Sun and Luna finally reuniting. <laughs> like yes, yes. <laughs> the sun and the moon. Like yeah, subtle. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. Um. What do we? That's think? all of Fire Punch right there. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's all of Fire Punch. This is this is it. Like that's that's all the insanity that it is. Um. What do we? What do we? What do we think of it? What do we think of its themes of of uh, of the subject matter is it is it cohesive does it does it amount to anything what what can we pull from it 
Colt, if you want to tell me your thoughts. Honestly, it's really hard because uh, the way Fujimoto works and this specifically, it's hard to see what the hell he's trying to tell me or if he is trying to tell me anything at all or if he's just wanting to have a giggle and just putting all this random shit in it. Because with Chainsaw Man, I feel like that's way easier to pull stuff from. But here, not so much. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Because um, I, I was struggling with that too. And sometimes, so sometimes when you're looking at something, you know, you can be like up close to it, and you think like, "Damn, like, what am I looking for? What is what is here?" Because there there is something to pull to pull from this, you know. Um, because Fujimoto is he's a really good storyteller, and he's really good at have at, at dealing with certain themes and he does it well in chainsaw man and he and he does something here and sometimes you just have to stay a, you, you're too close and sometimes you have to back up and the answer's right in front of you and um my my take from this is basically that it is kind of it is kind of an optimistic nihilism and that is that it, it's so it's so simple that nothing nothing matters that's it nothing matters and but um from that from the fact that nothing matters that you can create meaning or you can be given fuel to find meaning and that's what we see here throughout the story is a lot of different characters with a lot of different motivations a lot of similar ones but they're all they all have a fuel to keep them going to find meaning in this space that is dystopian distraught apocalyptic hopeless just absolutely awful but they still find reasons and way of living you have togata who even though they lost all of their films even though they are a trans man trapped in a woman's body they still found a reason a fuel to go on and that was to film fire punch you have Sulia, who had been around even longer than Togata, who the reason why they were doing what they were doing, the reason why they wanted to live was so that they could make another star. They could have another Star Wars film be made. Um, you had you have characters who literally their whole reason for even going on to even try to fight, to even try to do anything was through religion. Um you know as 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 touching as controversial as that can be they they still they were still able to find some meaning in that or you know you have different stuff in in family or in in um serving like some of these some of these characters who think they're serving some some kind of calling some kind of higher thing and, and even that though that doesn't even matter but overall or under it all it's supposed to be that um to to basically just to live to to have some kind of fuels for some reason to live and and i think the more kind of positive take on it or the um or it's optimistic is like you know like wanting to wanting to see another movie or um wanting to have another book written or wanting to do something cool or experience something awesome or that you know that 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 was my initial take from it is that even though that nothing matters we can make stuff matter we can still find something or create something whether we try or not i i i, I can see that now yeah i i can see it uh but at the same time it also feels like fujimoto was just putting as much as he wanted into this 
Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, uh, but like, it's um. So I say that too because there's a there was a person who I was looking on Reddit to see what people also thought their interpretations of this because I was really I was really curious and there was this really really good one where um. So I'll I'll read it. Uh, this is kind of a bridge, but um, but here it is. So this is a really good. Uh, interpretation of it and that is that that is to say uh we are the ones to fill the empty space we cannot change the space itself but alternatively when we occupy the safe this space we give it a reason for it to continue to existing and like even though this world is shitty and it's terrible we still give it a reason to be in it to reason to live in it to reason to be in it like suya wanting to create a whole another generation of humans to to have another Star Wars film made. They they were they were willing to destroy all the other worlds in the universe just so that this world could stay. Um we are the characters and even if even if we try to delude ourselves with meaninglessness or meaningfulness, we all have a role to play um contributing to this movie or the space and are responsible for its continued existence. Um and then they even bring up this is this is so funny because this works so well with this fucking book. Or uh, this manga is uh, speaking in Freudian Freudian terms. This piece shows the extremes of ego and superego, but highlights the importance of the id, the unconscious self. Because regardless of what happens, that it is in our very nature to continue living, regardless of meaning, and because we will find the meaning, even if we have to create that too. So live. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like when I read that, I was like, holy fuck, that's a such a good take on it. Like I it, it didn't necessarily change my rating of it, but like it really like I was like, yeah, like I I that is such a good explanation of all of this because there's constantly like literally Tagata and Luna saying for him to live, constantly him seeing and asking, why do I need to live? Why should I live? You know, why, why do I keep living? Why, why, why? He just keeps doing it. It's a reflex. It's just for some reason he wants to live, but he doesn't understand. He just keeps doing it. He keeps finding a reason. He keeps making up personas and roles. He has to be an actor. He has to be a god. He has to be a hero. He has to be a demon. He has to be a brother. He keeps changing and changing. And it's just this whole just slew of different like, and then you have characters who are concrete in what they are wanting what their their reasons for living or wanting to find meaning in this meaningless world it's just it's so incredibly just just a whole like a really good explanation and um interpretation of all all of this of fujimoto's work here and oh gosh there was like (sighs) oh my god there's something else too it's just I was like, like you're talking about a really good encompassing, like, um, just, just a all around good, um, interpretation of this is, was, was that like, I was like, damn, like good, good fucking job, dude. <laughs> and Freudian too is funny because of the incest. Yeah. 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 hundred <laughs> percent. But now, and and that was funny too, because like I, we we did learn, you know, I, I took a psychology class in in um in uh, at in college or the um when I was getting my two year degree, and um that I remember that specifically talking about that because in this psychology class we talked about um meaning and living, and that was one of the big t- that was one of the corners the big points was. Freudian talking about that specifically. So I, I think that's very, 
like very cool to have that come back <laughs> um that lesson but um but uh and, and overall what do we think of this like in terms of like if, if comparing it to like chainsaw man's art like how do we feel about the art like is it you know is it still rough or is it like is it still consistent you know how, how do we feel about that is it legible? i feel like it's very consistent i feel like fujimoto is never he's gotten better yes but like the quality has always been there for him because i feel like he makes sure that in the end it's gonna look pretty and i'm thankful for him with that but even if it's something that's uh offensive he will make it look pretty Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and sorry. I, I now I remember what I was going to say to add on. It was that that beginning quote, the quote I said at the top of the episode with, um, you know, the one thing that you must not do is let or you must always resist death. That That's also too ever present again, obviously, with um, with the counter, obviously, of living is death. So I, I just that's why I say that's the cornerstone of this entire thing is of just living. But yeah, no, um, Fujimoto, like. Um, I, I mean, I, I really like his, his style is so iconic and I can't really say it's, it's any too different from Chainsaw Man because they're both, they're both super clean. Like I know people usually describe it as kind of, kind of messy, kind of sketchy a little bit, but like, it's, it's like, it's so iconic and stylish. Like it's still just, it, it's still, it's so, it, it's it just cohesive. doesn't feel that sketchy to me. Yeah, it's just because of the way the lines are. Like, there's like, you know, it's not a solid line. It's kind of like line, um, line over line, kind of like that. It's not a really just a singular solid line like you would have in like, um, God, I'm thinking about like, um, like My Hero or uh, yeah, yeah, or um, um, One Punch Man. You know, with those yep, really yep. with those really solid lines. So that's why they say usually sketchy. But it's just, it's just. It's a different style, in my opinion, um, and and I don't say that's a bad thing either. But that's just really no. the, the the phrase that people um, can use so readily. But um, yeah, no, it's it's all cohesive. It's all very easy to follow. It's still fantastic. It's beautiful. Like I mean, you're talking like um, I've said this so many times. The Chainsaw Man is like you literally have pieces or panels in here that could like you could frame and just be like works of art in like a gallery. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I want a lot of Fujimoto's work just up on the wall because it looks that good. Yeah, absolutely. Like for real. Um, I would even take like I, I can't really say what I'd want from Chainsaw Man because spoilers, but I definitely want would want some from Fire Punch. Um, just really like, iconic stuff here. Um, now I should ask too: Is this uh, is this something? You know what? I'll say this for the rating part. So I want to change this. Um, should there be an adaption? <laughs> no, I really think there shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the answer is obvious, like why there shouldn't be one because of everything that's in it. I don't think the average person wants to watch something that's this depressing. Uh, like it's just easier to take in as a book or manga here because you can easily read it and move on really fast while it would drag on the dog scene for like five to ten minutes. 
<laughs> that's really okay that's really interesting um yeah I, I think that's a fair take um that's really interesting because you know with with how we um with our current um society and how we get have works like you know we're always always wanting stuff to be adapted to to be to elevate you know so that's really that's really interesting to have a a take of like like no we shouldn't uh i agree I think it should stay as a manga, not because I, uh, I think it would be a detriment. Honestly, I think it should stay as a manga because that's how it should be consumed. I, it shouldn't be adapted, not because it, it, it couldn't be beautiful or it couldn't be done right. It's just because I think it's just perfect as it is. Um, and that's you know that's kind of a charged thing to say is like perfect. I I think it's fine as it is. You know, it doesn't need yeah. it doesn't need to be adapted into anything else. Um. This also kind of goes into scores. I'm not going to say scores. I'm just saying I don't think it's good enough for an adaption. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, so that's interesting, the two that you uh, that you mentioned about, you know, this isn't really for everyone. I mean, so we, we can say, or you can say that this really isn't a major work for people to read, or is this something people who are getting to Fujimoto, do they need to read it? Um is this uh, is this a manga that must be read? What do you what would you say, Colt? I would say that if you like Chainsaw Man, the manga, if you are caught up on the manga or and you haven't read Fire Punch for some reason, I think you should definitely check out Fire Punch because if you love that art, you'll love this art, and uh, it is more of Fujimoto's crazy shit. And considering he's so young, he's either thirty or thirty one. Uh, we don't know. Uh, he doesn't have much backlog uh, when it comes to his work. He's only got the short one shots, Fire Punch, and now Chainsaw Man. So, and plus, he's already talking about retiring to just being an author. So, I would say if you're a fan of Fujimoto, you should definitely read it. Okay, because there's okay. not much out there, and it sounds like there might not be that much manga, or at least. He can still work with someone if he does decide to just be the writer uh, for manga. You just have someone else draw it. Yeah, yeah, that's tough because his art really is um, incredible. And and you see also too like the influence um, they have um, they have on each other, the mangaka and the industry. Like you know, certain certain styles and certain ways of storytelling are so they really kind of influence each other um looking at you jujutsu kaisen and um because i think i think uh akutame and fujimoto have worked together before i feel like i remember seeing that they hung out for dinner or lunch or something well that and also too i i i want to say like they were legit like one of them worked under the other as an assistant and that's kind of like that kind of influence there of like their art and storytelling. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you conc- uh, for sure, but I feel like I've, I've read that somewhere, but, um, but they've definitely, they're definitely friends. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think if you're a fan of Fujimoto, you should read it. Um, if it's a major work for everybody, I think, um, <laughs> uh, uh, I guess we should probably go into scores and, overall what what we what we really think about and whether we like it or not so i'll I'll let you go colt into this one like what's your score do you like it do you love it do you hate it what are your you know what are your 
like final overall thoughts? The, uh, when I first read this, it was like 2020, 2021. I want to say it's 2020. One, 2021 for sure. I felt the exact same as uh, I felt when I reread it like a month ago, or not even a month ago, like a few weeks ago. The exact same feeling of like, fuck, that was good. But man, did it like the the thing that hurt it the most for me is uh itself a lot of the shit that was going on in there is uh completely unnecessary in my opinion. But the cool stuff that was there and like the interesting whole of uh now that you bring up the philosophy stuff with the moving on and trying to find a way find something to stay alive living it uh helps it a little bit more it's just it's hard to say it, it it's good but at the same time it is good it is good it's not anything that's a 10 out of 10 it's not a 9 out of 10 it's not an 8 out of 10 it is a 7 out of 10 in my opinion uh, only because of the f philosophical thing and the art. It, the art carries a lot here. Because if it looked ugly, I don't think I would have finished it. Or even collected it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, for sure. If it definitely was ugly, um, <laughs> I don't I don't know if we'd really be um, talking about it right now. Um <laughs> No, that's that's a fair take. That's a fair take. It is a lot. And like you've said before, it does feel like Fujimoto is just cramming so much shit into one thing of being like super macho, super just over the top edgy. But so I originally my my score, I felt a certain way about it, especially with that first volume. When I f first read it, I was like, OK, this is good so far but there's some stuff i really really don't like and some stuff to like when i feel like it's just over the top and just unnecessary and stuff i really i really don't like it i really get a disdain for it i get disgusted by it and um with this i was like man this stuff is fucked like oof, goddamn, i don't like it but with with everything um and, and with my kind of like my vague collection of thoughts of like, okay, with all this depravity, with all this horrific stuff happening, you know, still finding meaning and reason to live is like, okay, well, what do we do in this current world? And is this, is this current world just as fucked up as the one fire punch? Yes, it is. Sure. It's not an ice, ice wasteland, but all the things that are happening in there also are happening in this world now and while you know there is certain um there's definitely privileges from being you know being in different parts of the world especially for us being in america and not having to face this this depravity this cruelty like head on you know it doesn't mean that we shouldn't recognize it or understand that it's still out there and still you know shy away from it and it doesn't make it right either. But at the same time, it's like we can still try to find, you know, meaning and a reason to live um, because, you know, we should everybody, you know, if, unless you're fucking evil. <laughs> but like uh, 
people people should you know should should be allowed to live and to lead happy and loving lives and peaceful lives and not hurting each other you know that should be a that should be a thing and that's where i'm like okay I really do. I, I do understand the concept and the theme and what's happening here is is that is that to be to be to live, to live and to be able to reason and to to, you know, to res to resist death, to find that meaning. And um, and, and with that, though, there is still all this stuff that feels just so just so grotesque and so just um overabundant in this so it's really it's it's really tough but i think i think i stick by how i feel about it being that that i, I do think like you know with the art being as good as it is and fujimoto being actually a really good writer and and having this in here and th this is my interpretation of it too this is how i i view it you know this isn't concrete this isn't exactly what fujimoto you know intends i mean fujimoto could have literally intended nothing literally nothing could just have just wanted to make this shit because he wanted to or make this in insane because he wanted to sure but for the most part this is what i this is what i get from it and um then this is and i think there is some value to it and i don't i don't think it's for everybody and if you can't handle it then just you know just avoid it you don't have to read it but i think um if you can if you're a fan of fujimoto definitely read it i I initially my my score was pretty um well it wasn't low but it was a little higher than yours but I think I've bumped it up since um I actually have to give it a nine out of ten what the fuck <laughs> all right like like don't and see that's very weird because like I've said before things that are just so just over the top just grotesque I I usually just don't fucking care for if there if there's no point to it like if i don't find a point to it but for this the point is that that through this hopelessness to to find a you know to live through it like i i that's that's what i that's what i get from here and that's what i appreciate so i was like okay i, I do i i think i actually really kind of like it um so uh, it's I don't just like the wild that you had to put all those warnings at the beginning of the episode because of the content that is in the story. Nine out of ten. <laughs> I know, I know, but I I do think I do think it's it's just I think it's well written and I think it does with the deals well with the with the interesting philosophy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the hell yeah. Um. So um. But yeah. Th uh, thank you for listening. That's that's it. Um. I hope you. I hope everybody enjoyed it. So to mention again about uh the giveaway. Um. So again, uh, this is limited to the U.S. residents only. But between now and De December 11th and December 30th, the cutoff time being 11:59 p.m. Central Standard, we are having a giveaway where you will receive the entirety of the Fire Punch manga, all eight physical volumes. They are used, but are donated by AYCH member Pat. They are in good condition. So on Instagram, uh, follow, like, and comment um, on our post for this episode that will release on December 11th. Um, what uh, Comment what your favorite manga or anime is and why. Uh, and then on January 1st, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll choose a random person and announce the winner. So yeah.
Definitely take part part in that. Uh, I just have this pile of fire punch that I don't want, and uh, you already uh, have a pile of fire punch. Yeah, but I so want you have that. two. I know, I know, but I have this other pile that I don't need. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so please uh, take it. <laughs> so um, anyway, thank you for listening. Um, you can follow the podcast. All you can hear on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Overcast. Follow us on Twitter at AYCH Podcast. Follow the Backlog Boys Pod. Uh, follow um, follow Cajun Greatness, follow any of the other accounts that we have under our network. Uh, follow us on Blue Sky, aychpodcast.bluesky.com, or dot .social, sorry, um, BS, B, B Sky. Um, Instagram, follow us as AYCH Podcast. Um, follow us on Twitch, all you can hear. Follow our YouTube, all you can hear, where we have VODs for all of our stuff that we've done. And um, gosh, is that it? Uh, um you know give us a like review rating um give us feedback we love to hear it we love to hear back and see what you think and um do you want us to do another manga series as well do you want us to do um, a longer one or a shorter one um we, we would definitely like to lean to more shorter see how this does and stuff and give us time but um yeah we would definitely like to see what people think yeah plus i'm gonna go ahead and tell you we're probably gonna do something with manga again in the future because it's just something that's so for, it's a part of me now. I'm now a book, and I uh, can't help it. I just cannot be out in the rain because it now gets soggy. Uh, yeah. Uh, manga good. Manga good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm Winzel again. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at WinzyBook. You can follow my art Instagram, my threads, and my Blue Sky World of Winzy. Uh, follow my bookstagram Winslow Banters. I'll have a review for this, uh, my own personal review for this as well, uh, for Fire Punch. And then um, my link tree has links for everything, including my Goodreads and my Letterbox. So yeah, thank you for listening. My name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D zero zero and on Blue Sky at Colt D ninety nine. I am now turning into a bird. Yeah. Um. Next, not next week. Uh, the week of christmas we'll have our last um not last episode oh yeah last episode of the year um new episode uh december 25th it's a monday um episode 330 uh let's just to give you kind of a hint of what it could be um it's gonna be a fun special episode uh bah humbug Mm, indeed Mm, peculiar we hope you enjoy that because we had a lot of fun making it Yep. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, and uh, if we don't see you again, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Enjoy it. And, happy holidays. Uh, hit some big vapes. Is that what they do? I think that's what they do. Hit the big vape. Yeah, sure. <laughs> don't say. Don't. Don't be. Don't be fire punch. I guess. So, no. Just don't. How about you? Just don't do that. You know, it'd be really good bit though if there was a fire punch who to. To turn into his fire punch, he had to take a big vape. <laughs> take a big okay. vape. Okay. <laughs> and he just blows he blows a smoke ring out onto his face and he's just like, ah. I do like the idea of that. Okay, Fujimoto, make vape punch. A vape thing punch. Now. Make vape punch. Uh we get it, we get royalties though. Yes. Oh, All it's right, gonna well- be monkey's paw. He's gonna put some real bad stuff in that. Oh, don't say that. Damn it. Okay, well, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.